I wanted to play an instrument Cause musicians are so cool And I wanted to be cool But I found Welcome to Ukulele is a New Black I'm Meredith Harper And I love to play the ukulele In this podcast I talk to ukulele players To find out why they play ukulele What they love about it And how it's changed their lives This is the second episode recorded at the Brisbane Spruik Ukulele Festival in September. If you listened to my previous episode with Ruth Allen, you would have heard her talk about Ian Porter. Well, here he is in today's episode. Ian's a really accomplished player and a teacher of ukulele, and I really enjoyed my chat with him. I think you will too. Because it's the new black. Ukulele player, introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Ian Porter. I'm based in the northern suburbs in Sydney. And we're here in Brisbane. We are. Where neither of us lives, but we're here for Spruik Ukulele Festival. And you're playing this morning with the Outlaws. Indeed. The Tell out- me about the Outlaws. Sure. So the Outlaws uh, have been uh, in existence for, I think, two and a bit years now. And we started... Um, a number of us did a course with James Hill about three or four years ago, and we thought, well, what do we do now? Um, and we decided, well, it would be good if we could get together every now and then and play some really interesting multi-part arrangements. Uh, and we all looked at each other and went, well, who's got one of those? And no one did, so I sort of said, well, look, I'll do some arrangements and we'll get together and we'll play at festivals. And we ended up um, putting about a dozen people, I suppose, together, mainly teachers to start with, the teachers of ukuleles. The idea being that teachers should be able to read music, for example. You'd hope, hope, yes. Um, And most of them did, which was good. Uh, And then we first played, I think, at the Blue Mountains Festival a couple of years ago. Um, The trick with that group, it's really interesting because we do the arrangements and then publish them to the internet for the guys to pick up the, the, the PDFs of the music. And I also publish audio tracks or videos for them, and they play along with those in rehearsal by themselves as individuals. And then we get together the night before usually, or sometimes the morning of <laughs> the concert, and it's the first time often that we actually play together as a group. And then we get on stage and perform. So it's quite remarkable that we actually manage to start together and end together, yeah. usually. Yeah. Um, but again, if, if you've got the opportunity to sort of go home and practice your part, then it, it kind of works really well. And yeah. our repertoire is pretty diverse. I think we try and throw some classical pieces in there that we've arranged for ukulele. Um, we've got one coming up uh, shortly, which is a, a version or an excerpt, if you like, from um, Mozart's 40th Symphony. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Going for the easy ones. Yeah, we'll talk about that a bit later, maybe. <laughs> uh, we've done Handel's Water Music. We've got uh, Today we did Palladio by Carl yes, Jenkins. Is, I actually sneakily videoed that and popped it on Ukulele is New Black's Facebook page. Oh, sure. Oh, that's yeah, great. So some people might be looking at it now and saying, wow, that's amazing. It's a great piece. Originally written for a string orchestra and at about um, 20 or 30 beats per minute faster than we played oh, okay. it. <laughs> well, technically you are a string orchestra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not quite the sort of strings they had in mind. No, but... there's a lot of things you can do with a bow you can't do with your fingers, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you ever tried the bow with a ukulele? No. Would, no, it's not. No, good. I've got no interest. It won't, it won't end well, will it? <laughs> Well, you don't, have, you don't have the curvature of the bridge, so you're not going to you're going to play too many strings at once. Of course. Now I used to play violin, so I should know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I'm sure it's been done. Ago. I'm sure. I mean, James Hill's played with chopsticks, and the other people have done all sorts of weird yeah. things. But uh, yeah. bow, no, you can keep that one. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could, I could find out. Well, because one of my my friends I play with, she plays cello, so I could always. Right. Give it a crack, but well, no, I'm, I'm sure that it was doable. She would have tried it by now. Well, actually, um, Annie, Annie Comerford plays in the Outlaws, and she's based up in Yamba, um, which is not fighting fires. I, I where where is Yamba? Up north. 
Right. Um, where all the fires are, basically. Okay, somewhere you don't want to be right now. Yeah, so this, depending on when this goes to air, um, there's been fires in Queensland Northern and New South Wales. Um, but uh, she plays cello. She's never mentioned for bringing your bow to rehearsal. Though. So there you go. Pleased to hear it. So, so let's go back. Hmm. Now I believe that ukulele is not the first instrument you played. Correct. I actually went to the Conservatory of Music in Sydney a uh, hundred years ago. I always tell everybody um, it was 1981. Uh, I did a performance major in classical trumpet. So I, uh, for a very short period of time, played uh, the principal chair of the Conservatorium Symphony Orchestra as, as principal trumpet. But um, two things, as the, your listeners will know, there's no money in music. Um, and I finished really, uh, at the end of my degree, putting the trumpet in its case and putting it under the bed. Did a little bit of teaching, private teaching, and a little bit of school teaching. Um, but at the age of 19, the last thing you want to do is sort of teach kids. Um, yeah, you yeah, kind of want to grow up, up you yeah. know. Um, and also, um, I was teaching at a number of... Now, do not read this the wrong way, listeners. <laughs> I was teaching a number of girls' schools. They were 16 years of age. I was 19 years of age, and I don't think it was a good look. Yes. Um, so, anyway, I, I, from, a, from a musical perspective, I just put it in its case and, and put it away and then went and did something else. I actually went into banking for a while and did, did, did a few weird things and then, then came back. Now, trumpet is nothing like a ukulele. Uh, no, it's not. It's... Uh, it's well, I describe... Ukulele as being a very social instrument. Trumpets and flutes and violins, single single note instruments, if you like, are um, fabulous orchestral instruments, absolutely fabulous. But you, you, you're not going to pick up any chicks with them and you're, you, you kind of can't take them to a party and, and, and have a jam. Um, even a piano, um, whilst it's multi, it's polyphonic, um, you, you, know, you can't take it on a trip. No, it's an awkward size. It's just a, just a little awkward. So I, I think you know, guitars and ukuleles are just fabulous instruments for for that, just the social social side of things, and you know kids really should start off on those things because they're just so interesting and so easy to sort of get going with, and, and other people think it's you know, fun to come along to a party and there you are playing something. And singing at the same time, which I think is important. Well, that's right. right. That's the big thing with, with mm. the instruments you blow in. Um, you can't really sing. Right. And well, look, you know, there's not too many violinists who sing and play at the same time either, just quietly. I don't... It's not easy. No. Um, I'm told with cello it's tricky, although, um, yeah, Jazz, my, one of my band friends, um, she has actually started to do a bit of harmony now while right. we play. But I'm told think, it's difficult. I think that's true for most most string string orchestral string instruments. I mean, even bass, for example, is really hard. If you look at... Um, Bands like The Police, you know, Sting, whatever is, um, his bass lines are really simple because he can't play really complicated ones and sing at the same time. I think, I mean, I'm sure there are fantastic bass players who are extremely coordinated out there, but there's not a lot. It's yeah. not. It's really hard to keep that um, that groove and, and sing at the same time. And I have been told that by bass players. That, have you? Yeah, yes, okay. that it is very difficult to sing oh, and to play bass. My, my hat's off to bass players. You, yes. need a, you need a good one. Oh, you do. Really <laughs> important because I mean, we, we can all play beautifully, but if, if you don't have that nice little you know thing anchoring you along, it is. You know, and it's really tough. What a couple of the ukulele groups that I've put together, we tried to sort of bring people on and various instruments like the bass. And when we haven't had a bass, we we brought a beginner in and. You've had to have had a nice conversation with them, or not a nice, a, a, a nasty conversation, as it were, afterwards to say, look, you know, go home and practice for a while because there's only one of you, and if it doesn't, if, if you're not hitting the right notes, that foundation of the harmonies are just going to get blown away. And if you're not coming in on the beat when we need you to come in on the beat, you know, everyone's waiting for you, and it's nothing, nothing wrong with the fact that you're a beginner, but you're a beginner. It's really hard to get a, to get a, you know, a good bass player these days, and, and, and bringing them up as beginners is really tough. Yeah. 
I don't think I could be a bass player because my my um, timing is not <laughs> not spot on. <laughs> I'm sure it's okay. Sure I have the okay. same problem with percussion. I just think, yeah, I know I should be able to hit this tambourine right. I just can't do it. So, so Stu, Stu Fuchs, you know Stu Fuchs, the ukulele Zen guy? No. He's got a great saying, which I, I repeat all the time, and it's, if you can say it, you can play it. Um, so, you know, when you're doing rhythms, for example, and you, I think you interviewed Tom the Pom the other day. Yes. Um, you know, Tom's a great guy for, for saying things, um, you know, one ends or two ends and all that sort of stuff. And it's really very true. If you can get your brain around the, the syllables we use for percussion or for, for rhythm, it really helps join the dots between your brain and your fingers and your hands or whatever it is you happen to be using to make the beat. Um, and I do that for when I teach strumming as well, that, you know, if you're doing down and up, say it, say down, up, down, up, whatever it is. Um, don't use the ukulele to start with. It's like clapping the rhythm first, you know, say yeah, it, yeah. clap it, then try and strum it. It's people always launch, everyone wants to launch straight into the instrument and play and then they wonder why they can't do it. Well, <laughs> very few, very few people are so gifted that they just pick it up and away they go. Yeah. Yeah. So why ukulele? Um, Oh, not a terribly long story, but I'll bore you anyway. Um, I was watching the ABC, oh, I don't know, 10 years ago, and the one of the ukulele documentaries was on, I can't remember, The Mighty Uke or one of those, I can't remember which one exactly. But uh, they were showing uh, the education system in Canada. And um, I thought, wow, why didn't they do that when I went to school? Um, and you know, Chalmers Doan and those, those guys who started the education of music using ukuleles back in the 70s in Halifax, which is where James comes from and where um, the ukulele, uh, the uh, Langley Orchestra comes from. Right. They're out of that part of Canada. Um, I, w- I thought, well, this, this is fabulous. This, this can't be that hard. And as it turned out, my sister had just given my daughter a you know, $35 Mahalo and it was sitting there and I, I picked it up and I sort of... And it was the same time, I think, as... Um, um, concert for George had come out and so there was the Joe Brown you know in my dreams or whatever it is uh, being played and so I picked it up and I, and I just had a few strums I thought wow actually I've always avoided guitar because I just think my fingers are too fat and there are too many strings and all those things that way you, too many you, strings <laughs> all those things you read about um, and, and I, just, I just I just picked it up and I thought well actually this is fantastic I really wish I'd done this a long time ago and because I've got a classical music background I um, you, you know Slightly good enough is not good enough, if you know what I mean. And you know what can be done if you put the effort into practicing. So I, I then decided I'd go and get some lessons, and I got some international lessons through um, some guys in, in America online. In fact, I think Matt Dahlberg, back in about 2013 or something, gave me some of my first Skype lessons. And um, I spent two years really doing it. It's a lot of practice. So two, three hours a day and trying to hold down a day job at the same time. So you just stopped sleeping? No, but, but you, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's my wife. No, the, um, no but you, you've, you've got to find the time. So um, it doesn't take much to get good at anything. There's a great TED talk out there called 20, uh, called 20 Hours of Learning or something where the presenter dispels the belief that you need to do something for 10,000 hours to be, to be good at it. In fact, you only need about 20 hours, but you need 20 hours of really focused practice and, and working on things you can't do over and over and over again to get the muscle memory going, to get your brain clicked in with, with coordination, whatever it happens to be. Um, but it's really focused. And then you do the fun stuff as well, but the way you get good is to really nail 
some techniques. So I used the disciplines that I had um, developed through my classical training. And yeah, there was a couple of hours a day and you'd literally be going over a pattern, you know, 30, 40 times, which yes, it really annoyed everyone else in my house. And yes, I locked the door and I did, but you know, I, I, quite frankly, I didn't care about them. For me, that's what I knew I had to do to, to, to sort of progress to where I would have, I, would, I still would like to get to. I mean, I, I, just because I'm having this interview now doesn't mean I've finished learning, okay? <laughs> well, you never finish learning, do you? No, you never finish learning and you never finish practicing. And I can't remember who the, um, who's the classical um, cellist or something who used to make the comment that finds now he's been practicing for, you know, 60 years and he thinks he might, might be getting a little bit better now. <laughs> well, I paraphrased that really badly, but anyway. So, so how long have you been playing? So I think I started in um, around 2010 to 2012. I really can't remember. Somewhere around about. It's been about seven or eight years. So you seem to have worked it out. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, you know, this morning I have to say because I, I, everything the, the Outlaws did this morning was fantastic. But the thing that blew me away was that Hotel California solo you did. Oh really? Oh my god! So, <laughs> I didn't see it coming. So, I did not see it coming. It well, so, so we cool. played that. We played that up at the Blue Mountains um, this year, two thousand and nineteen, and um, we didn't do the solo in it. And someone came up afterwards and said, "Oh, I was just waiting for you to do the solo." And I actually sat back and go, "Yeah." Why, why didn't we do the solo? Because yeah, most groups don't. So, they usually get to the end oh, of the singing bit and then they just stop. It's a great, it's a great little job to me to play. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, but it's basically, play, jo, it's play, basically play. Joe's... Um, it's Joe's solo. Sorry, I just reached behind me to grip my ukulele. Um, you need to do it with a, with a low G ukulele. And it's also the originals in the key of B minor, um, which is a bit more nasty from a ukulele's perspective, um, you've got F-sharp, some of the funny little things, F-sharp chords and things you don't like. Um, but the, the solo, we do this in A minor, and it sort of goes like this. Basically, his solo, and I just sort of it was spot on. And it also, it. not just the pedal, it also sounds better with people playing the chords behind. Oh it yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. More context, but it was it was amazing. All that stuff on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, look, it's a it's a go-to tune, isn't it? So. Yeah, oh, it's one of my favourites. It's a fantastic cool. tune, that one. Yeah. It's got a wail, and you got to bend, and you got to do all sorts yeah. of stuff. I can sing that solo. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the car, you always do, don't you? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to lots of bends. It's otherwise it doesn't sound. You've got to kind of be a little bit guitar like. Yeah. All right. Joe's turning and he's he's not dead yet, but he's probably turning a bit. <laughs> Joe Walsh, good man. Yep. So yeah, so we did have a conversation a few months ago, and that's what, he told me some very good advice about practicing. Right. And he said to divide it into thirds. Yeah. So uh, well, I divide it into three. I'm not sure that it'd be necessarily thirds. So, okay. Um, <laughs> I remember my children were at school once and the, the PE master said, please get in pairs of three. And they, they, 
Isn't, isn't there an old saying that if you know, those who can do, those who can't teach, and those who can't teach, teach PE? Yeah, clearly, sorry to all the PE teachers out there. Clearly not but, the maths teacher. No. Um, <laughs> sorry. Thirds. Um, yeah, look, I, I divide into three sections. So uh, warm-ups, uh, really important. And uh, maybe we can talk a bit later about what we did yesterday with the teachers up here. We did a professional development session with, with a whole bunch of teachers from around the country, uh, ukulele teachers. Um, you do some warm-ups, so that might be finger flexibility exercise, finger independence exercises, just things to get the sort of the motor skills working, get the blood into the end of the fingers. There's lots of stuff on YouTube that you can Google that are guitar exercises that translate really well into ukulele as exercises. You never, they're not musical, right? But they're, but they're going to help you with, with some finger independence. So you do a little bit of that just to get going. And then I work on specifically um, you know, scales and arpeggios and all the stuff everyone hates. But you know that little lick I did then is full of uh, pentatonic scales and little runs up and down mixolydian scales and whatever else it happens to be. That's all that solo is at the end of the day. And a lot of solos are built around scales. So if you, you really need to, if you're going to get into sort of improv or doing soloing, you really need to get your head, head around and your fingers therefore around scales. So I spend a fair bit of time doing that. Um, I'm getting better, getting better, but there's a lot to go. There's a lot of scales, by the way. Um, and then I look at um, maybe there's a technique that I need to work on. So there's a strum, for example, I want to do some work on. Um, I, I, to this day, still have issues with bar chords moving them rapidly up and down the neck. Um, if you came and listened to us, you would have heard us play. Um, uh, uh, You're the voice, right? Yep. And so moving that, that's a really simple bar chord from G to A. But um, you know, if I had to move that up, up to the next position, I'd really start to struggle with it. Mm. Um, so I spent a bit of time just literally practice going uh, uh, one to the other, one to the other. Lots of pairs of chords to help me sort of really stabilize my left hand. Then I'll look at pieces. So if you think about the first section being warm-ups and scales and technical stuff, the second part of the exercise, the second part of your practice being what am I working on that I'd like to get better as a piece? So there might be some concert coming up and you want to want to get the, the riff down or you know there's a chord progression that you're not too happy with, but you need to go over and over and over that till you're really comfortable. And then the last third in your words is just anything you like. Jam. Just have a bit of fun. So always finish with something that you know is your go-to song or or there's someone who walked in while you're doing your practice session, you go, hey, have a listen to this, or whatever it happens to be. Um, that's the sort of fun part of practice but it's the first two bits are going to make you a better player the last bit is well because i'm a better player i can actually have more fun than i than i did before yeah. that's that's how i break it up because the first two bits is what no one ever does um, well, well not no one but but, but <laughs> well I think, most people don't well i think people underestimate what it takes if you think oh, i'll go back to the soloing stuff and the, and the improv so when you see a soloist up on stage and they're ripping through you know, a, a great couple of licks, and you go, wow, they're just, they're just doing that on the spot. Well, yes, they're putting it together on the spot, but they're putting it together with things they've already done, or they know that goes together, or they know that sounds good, or they know it's going to impress you as the audience. You know, there's, <laughs> there's a bit of that there. But um, they basically have practiced a whole lot of things that connect, is the way I'd describe an improvisation. But you as the audience, you just see it, it's happening at the moment. And wow, I, why, why is it so hard for me to do that? So people pick up the you can go, well, you know, it's just a blues scale. Why isn't it working for me? Well, they've had to work really hard as professionals on stage with that blues scale for a long time. 
um, to get to that point. And, uh, you know, just don't underestimate, if you really want to get to that level, and not everybody does, and I accept that, then you've got to put the work in. Yeah. Well, actually, after we had that conversation, I have, did start practising, and it, it actually was really good. It made me start yeah. to feel, feel I was actually um, progressing rather than just kind of playing the same chords over and over again, which yeah. is good. Unfortunately, I did it so much that I've damaged this tendon. Oh, well, yes. And I haven't yeah. played for two months. Oh. <laughs> So I, I, gave a, I gave a talk yesterday to, so we had a bunch of teachers up here and leaders. Um, there's an association which I, I think I talked to you about last time called the Australian Ukulele Teachers and Leaders Association, which is a, a, a not-for-profit uh, professional body we put together. Uh, when I say we, there are a bunch of teachers who put it together about three years ago, four years ago. Um, again, we came out, we all had sort of come out of the James Hill School, as it were, and um, and we decided, well, wouldn't it be good if you know, teachers could share ideas on ukulele and, and we could maybe raise the standard of teaching out there of ukuleles, um, just like they kind of did in Canada and, and what they're doing in New Zealand now. I mean, what they're doing in New Zealand is mirroring what they did in Canada. It's brilliant. It's really good. And they're getting enormous success with their kids. Anyway, we had this professional development day yesterday. Really good, good, good day. There were about six or seven speakers um, teaching teachers how to teach. And uh, one of the things I talked about was warm-ups, which I've just done talk to you a little bit about. And I gave them some handouts, and at the top of the handout of the warm-ups was a big black box, big disclaimer that said, here are the exercises I do. You're all adults. Be <laughs> responsible hurts, for yourselves, do and don't do it if it hurts. <laughs> so, yeah, you've got to be careful. I mean, if, I, mean I might practice for an hour straight, um, but if you can only go for 10 minutes, go for 10 minutes. Yeah. You know? It's what it's, it's what works for you. I know what I'm doing. I have to learn to play with less less thumb yeah, pushing right. up. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I, I do think I, I've got a little bit of pain in the right. I think that's an issue I've had with my thumbs the whole time. Right. It's just because I was using this one so much more. When you're trying to do the tricky bar chords and you kind of yeah. push a bit more so you can push down. Yeah. And yeah, I actually haven't played for about two months. I, um, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not a physio. And it's, I'm not in any shape or form the right person to ask what exercise to do. But I've the physios the physio. are the right people to talk to. Yes. And they'll give you strengthening exercises, yes. I think. There's flexibility exercises, so, you know, the old bust exercises, we can't see here on the microphone, but the old sort of bust exercises, um, which, um, is that how you used to do I don't know. But, um, anything that sort of stretches the, the, the tendons in each of your little knuckle joints, for example, yep. and then your whole wrist joint. There's a, I mean, you've got to remember from our shoulder down to our fingertips, you've got all these little levers, right? They're all joints. And Hands they, and fingers are really complicated. They are they? super complicated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually broke my wrist a few years ago and had pins and stuff in it. And you didn't realise. You sort of don't realise till till you don't have it that how mm. important they are. But you've actually got to stretch these things, and you've got to you've got to take you know good care. Yeah. So yeah, don't just jump into it. No, well, I'm doing a lot of strength and exercise now. The bad thing too, they haven't I haven't played for two months. Is my fingers are all gone all soft. I lost all my calluses. <laughs> <laughs> I've got horrible so, soft. Because so it's awful. There's nothing I can do about that. I don't, do not recommend people who say put metho on them and don't do that. Just play more. Yeah, just play more. That's um, right. Yeah. Johnny, um, it'll be fine once I get back into it. There's a great YouTube out there or something of Tommy Emmanuel being interviewed about his fingers and he talks about his sound coming from the calluses on both his right and left hands, uh, but mainly his right hand when he picks. Um, and somewhere in there he talks about the fact that he doesn't bath as often as he should bath. Because, <laughs> well, yeah, okay, that's not too good. But, but um, So for all, for all those people who are about to hit me with a misogynistic comment, yes, I do do the washing up at home, but I wear gloves. <laughs> well, on that note, um, maybe you should play something sure. for us. Okay. So... So we're going to play a. Uh, I'm going to play a little cover I've done of a Beatles classic, 
uh, Can't Buy Me Love, but it's a kind of funky version of it. And uh, it's got some interesting techniques, some bends and some weird, weird shapes. Um, let's see how we go. It's got my favourite chord, which is a C5 to start with. with the bends your whole body just goes up <laughs> yeah it's really weird with such a with such a narrow neck when you you're supposed to bend up right so you should bend from the fourth the first string up towards the fourth string but when you're on the third string there's nowhere to go yeah <laughs> you sort of fall off the fretboard <laughs> so you kind of have to bend the other way you pull down anyway that's okay the listeners can't see that but they that's can't right. see no. <laughs> they, they're used to me talking about things they can't see so you have two ukuleles with you i do yeah, so I have a well, I have a high G ukulele and a, and a low G ukulele because I think there are some songs like chord melody songs, for example, that work really well um, with the low G. Just fills fills out the bottom. But you know, if you're a strummer, I think generally speaking, it's going to be a high G. The the voicing of a of a high G ukulele just it's just much more compact. Um, the low G though is um, yeah, as I say, it just gives you a good bottom end. I think. 
Yeah. If you're playing a youth group and you've got a bass player, then you know it, you probably the, the the low G tends to muddy things a little bit. Yeah, um, that's true. If you're just strumming, picking. I mean, I did that that solo a second ago with um, the Joe Walsh solo. That has to be a low G because I need to get down to the the low G. Yeah, you need the stuff. notes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I do have another. I can play another another one if I can just tune it up. So yeah, tuning's me. important. And it's like stinking hot outside here in Brisbane today, and you know people forget that. These things are all man-made, and they they um, expand and contract. I'll do a little bit of um, Shenandoah, which is that great um, American folk tune. Unfortunately, I'm not going to sing it, but I'll just play you a little bit as an instrumental. You can see the, that low G, I think, just gives it a bit more yeah. oomph down the bottom. Yeah, totally does. Yeah. Lovely. Well, I better ask you the question. Um, how has ukulele changed your life? Ukulele has changed my life? Well, it's, it's given me another sort of um, arrow in the quiver, as, as it were. Um, it's, it's just an extension of the musical background that I've had, and it's given me joy, you know, re, re, reconnecting with my musical past. It's also, because I'm doing a lot of teaching now, 
uh, and I love teaching. I love sort of seeing other people get the joys out of not just the instrument, but out of music. Um, it's it's just given me some fulfilment, if you like, in that in that teaching space. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of teaching in Chatswood. Um, I do workshops at festivals and stuff like that. And I, and I just love to see the smiles on people's faces. That's really good. Um, I also am encouraged to sort of help other teachers and other people who want to lift the general standard. For me, having come out of a very structured environment, know what could sort of happen, could be done to make, make things even better than they are. That's not to say that people, you know, that things are bad now, but, but I, you kind of know where things can get to if you apply a bit of structure and a bit, yeah. a bit of practice and things like that. So it's, it's been really fulfilling for me. Fantastic. Well, um, Owen might point out too that um, if anyone wants to hear more of your songs, you you have a lot of stuff on YouTube, don't you? I've got a little bit of stuff on YouTube. I keep most of my YouTubes for my students for, for practice sessions, but I do have a YouTube channel and I have the odd thing up there, absolutely. I've got some tutorials as well up there that are yep. available. So look for Willoughby Uke, I think it is, or Ian Porter, you'll probably find by either of them on well, YouTube. Well. I've also got my website, ianportermusic.com.au. Mm-hmm. And if I can just have one last plug, um, The Outlaws, I'm glad you enjoyed The Outlaws today. In February in 2020, we are having the second annual uh, ukulele orchestra workshop in Chatswood. So we had uh, 55 people turn up in February this year, and we're doing it again next year, where there's a whole day spent, uh, first of all, rehearsing three different pieces, a classical piece, a jazz piece, and a pop piece. And we have uh, three dedicated tutors who who come along and split the group up. And then in the afternoon, we put it all together as an orchestra, and we actually record it um, in a multi, multi-part um, uh, uh, arrangement that I, I will have put together. That's on the 1st of February, the week before Blue Mugs. Okay. Um, and last time we had people come from all over the country to, to visit. Um, as I say, we had about 55 or 60 people. I might even turn up, you never know. <laughs> well, you can't. Um, but it's, it's, all, so it's a lot of finger-picking. Um, we, we break it down into about three or four different levels. So it's not for beginners but if you've been playing for for sort of 12 months and you've got your head around a few chords then there's some strumming parts and picking parts um basically beginner all the way up to really advanced playing i mentioned earlier that we've got um uh, the mozart symphony in there so you know that's going to be really really interesting to see how that comes off <laughs> so that's February. yeah so please if you're interested in that go to my website and there's details there and i'll put links to all that in the show notes yep well thank you so much Ian. it's pleasure. been an absolute pleasure talking to you Good again night. see you bye now Ukulele is the New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune and it was performed by me, Jasmine Fellows, Jeff Skellums and Jim Croft. Seb Carrero does the graphic design. If you want more information about any of the things mentioned in today's podcast, there are links in the show notes and there's also a playlist with songs relating to today's episode on the Ukulele is the New Black YouTube channel. If you enjoy this podcast, you can support me on Patreon. You can buy some merch at ukuleleisthenewblack.com or give the podcast a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. You can also get in touch. I love hearing from listeners. You can email me at podcast at ukuleleisthenewblack.com or send me a message on social media or through the website. Episodes are released every second Monday and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. I'll be back with another episode in two weeks. Because it's the new black. I can play another another one if I can just tune it up. So yeah, tuning is important. You said that this morning, didn't you? What, yeah. was, it, what was that thing you said? So I, I, I credit it to, to James. Um, tuning up is like aircraft maintenance. It's well worth doing. <laughs> <laughs>